a few moments ago. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, as we consider uh, our message in, entitled simply Faith, Family, and Fellowship, certainly uh, I would have surmising that those men would allude to much of what we've talked about already and also what we're going to talk about here in just kind of uh, last, we're two-thirds all the way through this message and now we got the rest of it, the third fellowship is the focal point. Look at Acts chapter 2, if you will, with me, verses 42 and 44. It's hard to encapsulate this one, but I want you to get it. Yeah, Young people, I want you to understand too. I think this hits home, and, and uh, both men, both of the deacons, alluded to this being a respite, a refuge from the world. And that's really the key. And I think that's where this idea of fellowship, of church being faith, family, and fellowship comes to play. If you will, with me, look at Acts chapter 2, look at verses 42 and following. And they continued, speaking of that early church, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. It's interesting, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44, and all that believed were together, and had all things common. Okay, so we're looking at this terminology of fellowship. How are we going to define fellowship? We've already defined faith. We define now family. Now let's look at fellowship. We'll call it the day-to-day practice of joining and communing together as a community of believers. Okay, the day-to-day at practice, and not meaning day every day, but the idea of a continual, the day-to-day practice of joining and communing together as a community of believers. Now, uh, I'll admit right off the bat, it's a hard thing to define. It's It's a hard thing to put into tangible, understandable uh, uh, definition or a simple statement. Uh, There, that word fellowship that we find here in Acts chapter 2 and also other parts of the Scripture, there defines this word as fellowship, obviously, association, community, communion, joint participation, uh, intercourse, the share which one has in anything, participation, intercourse again, fellowship, and intimacy. Those are the three main definitions that there gives the word fellowship, the Greek word translated as fellowship. It's this idea. So to break it down, let's consider it a little bit piece by piece, okay? And uh, we'll get there in a second. But let me look at, first of all, the statement here. Day-to-day, okay? The day-to-day uh, practice of joining and communing together as a community of believers. Let's focus on that first part. Community of believers, what that is and what that means, all right? It's a members-only group. You ever be a part of a group where it's only for members? Back in Virginia, I know there's some around here in Michigan, but they were all over the place in, in Virginia. We had HOA, a homeowners association, okay? And all that is is an acronym for somebody to get money from you, okay? It's really all it is, all right? But notice it, it's a homeowners association. It is a fellowship of homeowners. That's what there's the word fellowship, association. Okay, so understand it. It is a members only. You had to own a home or a town home in that case uh, or a regular house in order to be a part of that homeowners association, that group of, uh, of folks gathered together. So it's a members only. For you and us, it is a not shared by anyone else. It's exclusive. Now this, get this, this fellowship, the Bible speaks of that we are to have in church. It's exclusive to the household of faith. May I put it this way? You and I get to experience and have something the world doesn't. 
That's what he's speaking to. That's what this is all about. That's why the church is so wonderful and such a vital part. It's a common ground or basis at the root of our fellowship. God put it this way, and you already saw, 1 Corinthians 1, 9. Uh, Paul wrote, God is faithful by whom ye are called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So there is how you become a member, right? Faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's a fellowship of Jesus Christ. I, I didn't want to use much time, so let me just share with you a couple other passages. Philippians chapter 1, verse 5, Paul states that his fellowship with the believers there in Philippi uh, was rooted and based upon, made possible. He said we have the fellowship, get it, of the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ. That's where our fellowship is, where it's found in. To the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 3, he called it the fellowship of the mystery of God. The mystery of God. In other words, redemption and the mystery. Uh, In Philippians chapter 2, he refers to it as the fellowship of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit that indwells all who are believers. You do not have the Spirit unless you have Jesus Christ by faith. So it's a members only. It's this idea of a community of members that is exclusive to the church, the household of faith. Now listen, young people, especially children, listen to me. This is so unique because the world tries to copy it. The world tries to counterfeit it. They want a community. They want a group of neighbors. They want people at work. They want people on a sports team to have this grand fellowship and this communing together and joining together. Listen, there is nothing, nothing like the church. And the fellowship that God has ordained, because you and I have something special here, because we, our fellowship is based on Jesus Christ. And all that the Bible entails, so critical, so, so important here. It's only af- afforded to you and I as believers, fellow believers. It cannot be experienced at work. Now, I get it. If you have a bunch of only Christians at work, then you can experience it because that's among believers. But, boy, you can't have this at work. You have a bunch of unbelievers. You can't have it on a sports team where there's believers and unbelievers mixed. You can't have it in a neighborhood, in a community. You, you can't have it in your earthly family. If there's some that are saved and those that are unsaved, you will never be able to touch the fellowship we ought to have here in church that God ordained. This association, this participating together, this communing together, it is only made available and it is only found among believers, but listen, it ought to be found among believers. It should be present. It needs to be present in every church that claims the name of Jesus Christ. Secondly, let's, let's consider that verse we read in Acts chapter 2 in a moment. And uh, there's community of believers. I messed that up, didn't I? Okay. Let's consider this. Acts chapter 2 speaks to this idea of communing together. That first church, we read those verses. There's other verses here in the beginning of Acts that describe it for you and I as a very close-knit bunch. Very close-knit Yes, bringing in that idea of family. It's a close-knit bunch. It is a, uh, what church is supposed to be. We read in these verses and the others that describe that they were communing together in worship, in prayer, in learning, in assembling, in giving. I mean, all these things, they came together and communed together around these things. It's a community sharing like affections. 
We shared with the uh, boys in soccer practice, set your affections on things above. That's what we have in common. That's the fellowship you and I do. We could call it the fellowship of affections, okay? That's what we have. You and I are a fellowship. We're a group that's associated by our affections being set above. That's what this church had in Acts. Uh, They experienced the fellowship that's based on shared affections, shared practices. Boy, you come together, it just molds your heart together. One of my fondest memories of my church growing up, New Life Baptist, was our cottage prayer meetings. And my friend, I'll tell you, we had, my dad instituted those, and we had them every month, and we met together in a house, and my goodness, it was just a sweet time of fellowship together around prayer, much like this Acts chapter. And, and that is the spirit that God wants us to have within the church. That's the fellowship we are to enjoy. It's that intercourse, as the word describes, of our individual lives that breeds intimacy in a sense of community. And I just encourage you, let me just throw this in. Don't be scared of the term community of faith, okay? Some have misappropriated and misused it, used it and everything else. Listen, don't, don't let the world steal words and misuse them and so forth. We understand by Scripture what is described there, and we ought to have a community of faith in the church, a mutual faith, shared affections, shared purpose, shared goal. That is the idea of community. Now, the third idea in this definition is this, what? Joining together. The idea of joining together, coming together, the same goal, the same purpose, literally being all of the same team. And uh, some of the famous authors and groups have been called by that, famous author, a group of folks that came together for the same task, fellowship of the ring, or fellowship of this, and so forth. There's the fellowship of Christian athletes, and so forth. What is he describing? What are those authors? Somebody that has come together with a shared task and goal. May I just simply tell you, you and I are a part of a fellowship, and have fellowship one with another, because we share the same goal. We're joining together for the things of God, the pursuits of who God is and what God wants. We see the Bible speak to it as we as a church, as believers, what we are doing as we're joining together is the same endeavors, the same task in the service of God. I love what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2 and in verse 9. He says this and records this for us. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace, literally they were the fact that they were saved, that was given unto me, and God was blessed. Notice this. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. Now notice what he says and how he describes that. Why is that important? That we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. This fellowship was enjoyed and recognized. Why? Because they were all doing the same thing, taking the gospel to the world. You see, he said, listen, they extended to us the right hand of fellowship because, listen, we're in this together. We're on the same team. This is a fellowship that God has intended us to be a part of because, boy, we have a shared task, a shared goal. And I love to see that they're working together as Paul writes. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 4, we have another in, uh, instance or illustration. The people at Macedonia, the believers, uh, Paul said this about them, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship, the joined in, the shared task of the ministering to the saints. You know the passage well and there and faith promise giving and so forth. It was the idea the Macedonian believers were asking for the privilege of fellowshipping in the ministering to the saints in Jerusalem and so forth. A shared task. It's a joining together. It's an association by task. You say, well, Pastor Henry, what is our shared job? Can I just put it simply this? We are to be about our father's business. 
As believers, you and I have a shared task. We are joining together to accomplish God the Father's task in his business. Now, you say, what is that? Well, to put it simply, it's this. Seeing sinners saved and saints build up. That's our goal as a church. And we've come together as Fostoria Baptist Church. It has done so for 52 years. We trust it will do it for many more years. To see souls saved, sinners saved, and saints build up. And that is what our desire is. Both men alluded to it. Dave talking about his daughters getting saved. Praise the Lord. Sean talking as Dave did about the, the preaching, the teaching of the truth and coming now after being saved and then growing in the Lord. That's what the fellowship of the church is all about. That's the fellowship that you and I enjoy here that is not enjoyed out in the world. And boy, we need to praise the Lord for that. Now I want to point out something. I think it's very vitally important that we understand how crucial and necessary this fellowship is. And it's so crucial and necessary that God in the Bible speaks about, and listen to this, this is interesting. He says, be careful to not be in fellowship with several things. He says, listen, you ought to have this fellowship in the church. You ought to enjoy this fellowship and the shared task, the joining together, the, 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 the community of believers all having that in common and, and, and communing together like that first church and being, doing things together. You ought to do that. But there are some things that you as Christians got to be careful not to fellowship with. It's quite interesting that God would say this is important to uh, incorporate in God's word these warnings and admonition. The first one is found in 1 Corinthians 10, 20. He says this, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And he's speaking to a church, and I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Literally the idea of false gods, right? Little gods in our lives. I don't want you to have fellowship with those. Now you put it into practice today, boy, there's a whole lot of people that live for something else that have made gods in their lives. That's the, that's the idea here. When he says don't fellowship with devils, he's saying, listen, they offer sacrifices to devils, these false gods, and, and so on. Be careful, Christian, don't fellowship with those. That's quite, quite interesting. The second passage, and we're moving quickly, 2 Corinthians six fourteen. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion, one of those words that means fellowship, hath light with darkness? Pretty strong statement, isn't it? When we say that God says, hey, listen, you ought to have this fellowship in the church. This is what it surrounds. And then he comes over here and says, Christian, be careful. Be careful. Don't have fellowship with devils. Don't have fellowship with unbelievers. Don't have, try and attempt to have that kind of fellowship with the darkness if you are light. Young people, listen to me. Don't drive your tent pegs deep in this world. Don't get involved. That's not what God wants for you. You are not to have fellowship like this is designed with the world. It's supposed to happen in the church with the people of God. That's his goal. That's his design. Number three, there's another one. Ephesians 5.11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Don't have fellowship with them. So, Think of it, God thought it both needed and necessary, important enough to put in the Bible these warnings. Have no fellowship with devils, no small gods in your life, no, know that people can, other people worship and live for. Don't have that in your life, Christian. Number two, have no fellowship with unbelievers. Don't be unequally yoked together. Darkness with light, don't do that. Then number three, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Now listen. I just wonder, 
that if not in God's omniscience and his foreknowledge, that he knew many a believer would do just this instead of enjoying the fellowship to be had within the church as God designed. I just wonder if God knew, and he said, listen, hey, hey Paul, we've got to write this, because I know down the road there's going to be people in the church who, boy, they get distracted, and they, they, they're just getting off track because they're, they're having more fellowship with the devil, with false gods in their life. They're having more fellowship with unbelievers and, and darkness. They're having more fellowship with the unfruitful works, the sinful works, the things of this world, and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. They're having much more fellowship in their life with that than they are with God. Man, it makes me wonder. Doesn't it make you wonder? Because he puts it several times. I mean, you have to be careful. Be on guard. What do we call that? They call it settling, or we call it settling for a counterfeit fellowship that's found in this world. The sinful things and ways that are found therein, the reprobate people who have not trusted in God, all the while we are neglecting to cultivate and partake in the fellowship that Christ's church offers. May I encourage you to be warned this afternoon? Uh, Brother Dave brought up a great point. Ralph, you want to make church your family? Get involved. Do those things we talked about this morning and and make sure your love is fervent for the family and then you're letting that love be in action, doing things towards one another, encouraging, exhorting, embracing one another. You've got to do that. May I also tell you, you want to enjoy what God designed this fellowship and association to be? Make sure that you aren't getting distracted by the world. Plug in here. Make sure your heart is set on the affections of things above and on God's church, Christ's bride. Say, Pastor Henry, boy, it sounds like God takes this fellowship thing very serious. Oh, sure he does. This idea of you and I having fellowship within the family of God, within the church, and he wants you and I to work hard at cultivating it, protecting it, nourishing it, growing it, and securing it. Why? Because this fellowship is critical for all of us. By God's design, not Pastor Henry, not someone else's, by God's design, you and I as believers are designed, created by God as a new creature in Christ to be part of a local church. That's his plan. To join that assembly, to do exactly what we find in Acts so that you can enjoy that shared task, those shared affections, that you can be part of that community of believers that has Christ in common. That's his plan because we will not be all that he wants us to be without that fellowship, without that association and an involvement in it that he is biblically ordained. Okay, What have we said real, uh, real quick, just that recap? We've said that faith is expressed in prayer and works. We ought to have that faith, that exclusive and exhaustive trust in God and what he says, and it is expressed in prayer and in works. We ought to have family, that creating of a perpetual environment where there's mutual encouragement, mutual exhortation, mutual embracement centered around Christ-like character. We ought to have that, and we talked about the idea that it's experienced um, through, or it is, yes, experienced through the fervent love and encouraging environment, accepting assembly. Then we come now to the fellowship. Fellowship is enjoyed in the church community that's constantly engaged in fellowship with God. Now listen, okay, I've been part of teams. I've been part of workplaces. I, I remember being in a workplace where they brought all the workers together and we had a little pep session. You ever have that? I've walked into Walmart before at a certain hour and they had all these workers together and they were having a pep session. 
They were trying to build this camaraderie and things like that, and they were chanting something. And some people, I don't know, it was Walmart, okay? I don't know, great value, great I don't know, whatever it was. Okay, they're chanting something, and they're just getting everybody pumped. We're on the same team, boy, we're with it together. And, and they're, they're trying to build this fellowship, literally, this association, this attitude and spirit. Listen, my friend, you and I will not enjoy and make the fellowship of Astoria Baptist Church what it needs to be unless we are having fellowship ourselves with God. It is all based upon that relationship. Because if my relationship here isn't right, my relationship here won't be right. In any institution, the church, the home, the marriage, anywhere, if this isn't right, this won't be right. Okay? And so that is so critical. In fact, John writes about it, doesn't he? John chapter, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare unto you, that ye may also have fellowship with us, and truly, or surely, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, if we don't have that fellowship, this fellowship isn't going to be all it's, what it's going to be. If I don't know the Father and I'm not enjoying fellowship with him, I probably won't be about his business. I won't be joining together in the task and the shared affections. A few verses later, I love what he says in 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. He says this, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness. Now, this is a critical admonition to you and I as believers. Because we can come into Fostory Baptist Church, I apologize, Mike. Um, we can come into Fostory Baptist Church and say, hey, I want to have a good time. I want to fellowship with my church. And yet there is, there is sin in my life. If we say we're coming here and have already fellowship with God this week, we want to fellowship with him today. If we say that, yet we walk in darkness, the Bible says we lie and do not the truth. And it goes on in verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, isn't this interesting? He's saying if you walk in the light, you're having fellowship with God. Ah, then what do we enjoy? We have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know what the admonition is? Hey, believer, member of Fostoria Baptist Church, member of the family of God, walk in the light. So your fellowship with God is great, and so your fellowship with one another is likewise great. It's wonderful. It's enjoyable. It's interesting how he ties that all together in the Scriptures, how God does, how John presents it to you and I. He says, listen, if you're saying you, you have fellowship with God, but you're walking in darkness, there's sin present, not, everything's not right with you and God, you have broken your fellowship with God. And you know what sometimes we don't think about? It affects the church. Because I say I have fellowship with God, I'm not going to enjoy the fellowship I ought to have with one another. John makes it very clear. Boy, you, you get that right. You walk in the light, even as he is the light, then you will have fellowship one with another. May I just say to you as we close uh, this message and this anniversary Sunday as far as the services are concerned, listen to me. This is church. It is faith. It is this acknowledgement in my own heart and life, that firm foundation that I am exclusively and exhaustively trusting in God and in what God says. That's faith. There is no foundation that a church can rest on and grow upon and be blessed upon other than faith. The right faith found in the scriptures. Number two, family's got to be present. That perpetual environment of mutual encouragement, mutual exhortation, mutual embracement, all centered on Christian character, faith and family. And then you know what we get to add to that? Fellowship. 
this day-to-day communing together, this day-to-day practice of joining and communing together as a community of believers. You know what I'm so thankful for? Okay, I have grown up in church. I am the dreaded PK, pastor's kid, in case you don't know what that is. I've grown up in it. You say, well, if you're a pastor's kid, and I was even born on a Sunday, too, and I think my dad was still at church anyway. Okay, so it's, it's just in the, I guess it's in the jeans or something, all right? I don't you know, wear jeans. Anyway, uh, it's in the clothes, right? It's in the jeans. Listen, listen to me. You say, Pastor Henry, don't you get tired of church? No, I don't. Because Sean talked about, you know, being in the world and coming here, and it's a refuge and a respite, and that's true. I've worked, I've worked secular jobs. In fact, many of them, more than I can remember all of them. And it is. It is. But I'll tell you, friend, you can work at a church, but you can still look forward to the church gathering together. Because it ain't the same when you all ain't here. Because this is church. It's we the people. That's church. It's not about a building that God has blessed us with that some of your hands have built. That's fantastic. Praise be to God. But my friend, I'll tell you, when rapture comes, I ain't going to care about it. Glad we have work days now, but I ain't coming back from heaven for a work day. Building don't matter. It's people that matters. And it's about faith, family, and fellowship. And that is what occurs and what we want to happen every time you and I assemble together. So, boy, I look forward to services. I look forward to the church family getting together, fellowshipping, studying God's word, praying, giving, being about our Father's business. May God continue to bless Fostori Baptist Church, and may you and I do our part. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truths that we have heard and seen this morning, this day, this afternoon. Thank you for the beautiful truths we've been able to sing about. Thank you for those old hymns of faith and family and fellowship. And Father, thank you for the joyous occasion of gathering together as your church. And Father, thank you for the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior. Thank you for the promise of heaven. Father, thank you for the the love that you have shown us so that we in turn can show one another. Father, thank you for the grace of heaven the grace of salvation, the grace of day-to-day living by faith that you have shown us. Father, help us to be faithful to show grace one to another. Lord, thank you for what you have taught us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. Thank you, Father, for the truth of your word and all of its instructions and commands and insights and guidance. My Father, thank you that you are a loving, caring, compassionate God. We praise you for all that you are. Lord, this day as we celebrate Faustoria Baptist Church, we admit and realize and acknowledge it is nothing more but celebrating a great God who has done all things and for whom all things exist for your glory. So we do that today. We praise you. Help us now. From this day forward, Father, may we understand that we each have a part in maintaining the faith, the family, and the fellowship of Faustoria Baptist Church. May we do our part. May we stir and allow your Holy Spirit to stir within us fervent love. May we have a daily continual trust that's exhaustive and exclusive in you, Father. And Lord, I pray that we would enjoy and nourish the fellowship we have as we pursue your goals and your tasks, your business. May the fellowship here be sweet. May everyone feel a part of the family and enjoy being a part of the family. And Lord, may we never, never, never deviate from the faith of your word. 
Thank you, Lord, for what Fostoria Baptist Church was and is. And Father, we pray your hand of blessing upon her for many years to come. Lord, we ask now.